Hey everybody, welcome to the Church on the North Coast podcast. Our greatest desire is to encourage ministry leaders, empower and equip volunteers, strengthen and build the believer. So glad you're with us today. Very interesting guests today on the show. Emmanuel Dietrich, yes, also sir. known as Manny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Manny. You have a uh, uh, God with us. God with us. Uh, yes, what are some other names? That, oh, yeah, man. Some aliases I'm, that you go by? Manolo. Let's see. Manny Fresh. That one was interesting. Manny in Fresh. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. I yeah, like that. Manny that Fresh. That was a lot of fun. That's pretty good. Yeah, Any others? Any other? Uh, hmm. No, not not no. now that I can think. Well, actually, I mean, you know, being being Hispanic, I got my family members who call me Emanuelito. That's kind of like yeah. a term of endearment, like in a sense. I'm gonna start calling you Emanuelito. <laughs> yeah. So my grandma calls me. She <laughs> speaks no English, and it's hilarious. So, yeah. well, welcome to the show, Manny. I'm gonna is that, can I call you yeah? Manny? Yeah, oh, of course, Manny. of course. Yeah. 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 When I say Emmanuel, I that's like <laughs> what I think of. Like, that's yeah. I'm like God is with us. <laughs> everything just becomes you know everything's so holy and sacred (laughs) it must be hard being you oh my goodness yeah man welcome uh immediately i was attracted to you uh because you ride because you ride and you got in your right arm is full of tats it is and uh you know so when i see that and i see a guy uh living out his faith with passion Mm. i'm like man God, who is this dude? Thank like, you. Who is this? Wow. Who is this guy? Like, and I was hearing a lot about him. Uh, <laughs> you know, everyone talks. You know, it's like, man, you got to meet Manny. That's this dude's fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Wow. I think, I think that just goes to show that um, your faith is authentic, and genuine, and mm. uh, you know, the person you are mm. is. You're not afraid to be the person you are. I'm not. No. So it's no. really, it's really cool when you see that because that's something that's missing today from society so um i i i definitely was like man i gotta hang around this guy <laughs> i gotta get we gotta plan a trip together yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so we got I'm one coming up yeah we got one coming up i, I want to go to uh, uh wisconsin Ooh. the uh i know you're an indian guy but I listen know. harley davidson <laughs> museum out there they got hey, this listen. thing they got this thing they do i'm all for it i'm yeah. all for it. anything yeah. motorcycle related sounds like a blast yeah. so manny rides yes. camps mm-hmm. off the side of his bike Mm. Yeah, it does all the cool stuff. Hiking, that's my jam. Hiking, that's my jam. Yeah, we gotta go hiking too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that I definitely want to keep up with. It's just you know, like staying healthy, and and you know, there's there's reasons for for where I am today, why yeah. I, who I am today. Yeah, a lot of reasons yeah. for that. Well, let's talk about that. Who who yeah. are you? Where you come from? Tell us, tell everybody your <laughs> the story. Whole story, okay? Yeah, well, a little bit encapsulate it. Well, know? in 1991. No, I'm just kidding. No, so um, yeah, so I was born and raised here in Lorain County. Lived my whole life, um, Puerto Rican background. Um, Grew up in the Spanish Pentecostal church. That was interesting. That was fire and brimstone type yeah, stuff. Man. Like, whoo, amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on out. The, uh, the long denim uh, with <laughs> skirts. That yeah. The, yeah. The suits that the guys had to wear. Like, you Dude, know, I went to school with some girls like that. It's they had those denim skirts on. It's not for everyone. It's yeah. not for everyone. It was tough. Um, but you know, I'm I'm thankful for that upbringing. Um, and then I no doubt. Yeah, and then like when I was 22 ish, I decided to venture off into non-denomination. And ever since then, that's where I've been. Um, Post pandemic, I was trying to look for a church. I didn't really know where to go, and I discovered through no lie through a Google search. Google. I just typed in churches near me, and I knew about North Coast. Yeah. I didn't know about the Avon Lake campus and like now that's my home and then being able to meet 
such amazing people. I mean, it, it's it's great. I wow, God's good, man. God's good. Yeah, community matters, right? Community matters so much. We'll talk about that at the at mm-hmm. the conclusion of this stuff. But mm-hmm. um, the reason I wanted you to to come in and just kind of share with our listeners your experience and mm. uh, kind of what what forms you made you stronger. I mean, obviously the last, you know, the, the whole pandemic was just a wow. nightmare for many people. Um, <sighs> yeah. It was a lot to navigate. There was a lot of stress, tons of anxiety for people. And mm-hmm. what I know we can all agree on is that we're, we're in a place now where we are beginning to see the effects of what we went through. That's true. Like the long-term like damage that was done through isolation, through fear, the tactics. You can kind of see how the enemy used it all yep. to kind of sabotage people and, and, and really exploit the their most vulnerable, you know, secret parts of themselves that they otherwise wouldn't share with anyone. 100%. And so I know you you're I know I know a little bit of your story. I think it's <laughs> brilliant that I only know enough. Enough, just enough to be surprised <laughs> with what you're going to say, but but let's just tell me uh, a little bit about that and tell our listeners a little bit about what makes you an authority <laughs> on on mental a, illness. No, no, that's really. that's a good word. That, yeah. That's a great word. I'm not so suggesting you are an authority. No, I just I'm think not. that spiritually, let me just, let me clean that up. Oh, sure. I think that spiritually you carry an authority mm. that is way more significant than say a, a PhD or something like that. But mm. I think experience yeah. plus spiritual maturation gives you a lot more authority. And I believe God's given you the wisdom of the ancients. So let's talk about it. Mental illness. What's it mean to you? Oh, man. So where do I start? So like you mentioned, you mentioned about the post-pandemic world. And a lot of people don't realize that it's if you strip away the politics, if you strip away, you know. um, It's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard (laughs) to do in this world now. And strip away all your beliefs and everything like that, no matter what, the core, the center focus right now is the other pandemic that's that's going on, which is the... Uh, mental health global pandemic. And this is something that I've researched, not just a Google search. No, I've looked at uh, peer-reviewed papers. I've looked at um, journals, things like that, to sort of accumulate data and um, any kind of stats that could help me solidify what I've been feeling. Because a lot of my friends have been coming up to me telling me, hey, I know, like, so for those of you that don't know, I do a podcast by myself. It's called the Anxious Introvert Podcast. I've been doing it since April 2019. Um, and that's where I, I, I solidify myself as a mental health advocate because I've been through that myself. More on that in a second. But it's this growing pandemic of people becoming more isolated, more stressed, more suicidal, more anxious. Um, and it's something that uh, the media is not covering, of course, right? <laughs> you know, they want to focus on other things that matter like, oh, who are you voting for in November and things like that. But if you take a look at it from the people's perspective, there are a lot of people going through so many different things and including myself. Yeah. And and, and that's, that's, I think really what, what should be discussed more. And my story, like you asked, Mm -hmm. my story starts out in uh, 2017, summer, 2017. Back then I was driving for Uber kind of in between jobs, doing my thing. 
And I started noticing my heart would race out of nowhere. How old are you? Uh, ooh, good question. I am, oh man, it's so like <laughs> mid-20s, mid-20s, <laughs> mid-20s. I can't even, I'm bad at math. My God, that's simple math. And I'm like, oh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five. I'm 31 I've never now. been a, <laughs> you say mid-20s, so you sound 31. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 31 now, but you know. Okay. Um, Back then, you were, you were mid, <laughs> mid-20s. <laughs> ah, got to get better at math. All right, 31 um, now. Later. 31 now. Uh, what? Hey, hey, I, hey, I mean, you know. Hey, no, no, no. Yeah. But So I started noticing my heart racing. I started noticing just out of nowhere getting what's called heart palpitations. Now, just briefly, heart palpitations could be anything from like a skipped heartbeat to a thump in your chest to like your heart pounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. Until I went to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack. No way. It was I mean, that bad. It was that bad. I, I honest to God thought I was having a heart attack. What triggered it? What triggered it was, this is so bizarre. To this day, I still don't know. I Nothing? Came, you don't even know? I came home. I'm lying down in bed. And all of a sudden, I just feel this rise of adrenaline where I'm like, something bad's going to happen. Uh, there's... I feel doom. I feel like I'm going to die. No way. I start panicking and like I'm, my body is physically shaking. I'm convulsing. I'm not so saying alone? the right words. You're all by yourself? Well, thankfully I, man, I was, I was visiting my mom and she was like, Hey, are you doing okay? And I told her something's wrong. I need to go to the hospital. And she was like, Oh my God. Okay. And my mom, she's the sweetest woman ever. Like she's just, she's like, like a Holy ghost fighting spiritual woman. Yeah. Like she's like, people come to her when they need prayer, things like that. So she's like, you know, she's like rebuking saying in Spanish and English on the way to the <laughs> hospital. And I'm like, like rocking back and forth, holding onto my chest thinking like, wow. this is it. I honestly believe I'm dying. No way. Yes. I get to the hospital before you go on. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else in your life that's happening at that point that was I mean, causing you stress? Like, is there like, was there pressure you were putting on yourself? Was there a relationship you were getting out of? Was there, what was it? Was there anything else? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. that's good. So years later, I come to realize that I was, then I was in a long committed relationship. Okay. I was with this person for four and a half years by the end of it. Now I'm not a perfect human, human being. I definitely messed up in my own ways more than once. And you know, things like that happen. But at that time, you know, it was a lot of pressure for marriage and I was trying my best, but because I was in between jobs, her family was just, you know, breathing down my back. Like, are, are, are you good enough for my daughter? Are you all these different things? And I'm uh-huh. like, I'm trying, like yeah, I'm, tr- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mentally, physically, there was so much Dude. pressure, so okay. much pressure. Yeah. So in a sense, I think that's what it might've been. Um, if anything more. Yeah. So so that was 2017. Turns out the doctors were like, no, we've done all the blood work. We've ran an EKG and there's nothing there's wrong nothing. with you. It's, wow. have you ever been diagnosed with anxiety? I was like, what? What the heck is that? Like, yeah, well, you have what we call panic disorder. I was like, no, I don't. I bind those words and rebuke them in Jesus name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 2018 was the worst year for me. Um, and I can say this now openly because I've said this before, but for, for the longest, I was kind of, scared, you know, like scared to say it, but. 2018, I was in the hospital 12 different times for panic, uh, for, yeah, for, for panic disorder. And each and every time the doctors would just look at me like, dude, you've come in here more than like, what are you doing? Did you, did you feel like it got worse? It, or you were just more aware of it? Uh, so that's good. I became more aware of it. And then the cycle 
became more prominent of I'm aware of my anxiety, I'm anxious, I got to calm down, but I can't because I'm aware of my anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just this vi- vicious mm-hmm. cycle that just keeps you trapped in it. So well, then I became a, a hypochondriac. I started thinking I had a tumor, brain tumor. I started thinking. I was dying of some disease. I thought I had heart disease for the longest. Oh, oh yeah, Jeez. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I ended up developing, and I still have it on and off now, which is not life-threatening for me. It's called uh, PVCs, so premature ventricular contractions. Those are, all they are is just extra heartbeats that you get sometimes when your cortisol levels rise or you get too, like, hyper. Yeah, I can feel I can feel that when it happens. That's, yeah. f- that's funny you say that. Yeah. Now, there's a demographic of individuals who get, like, a 1,000 or more. If it's 10% or more of your heartbeats, then that's when you're in trouble. Right. Uh, but, you know, I was having, like, I don't know, 100 to 200 a day, which scared me, but the doctors were like, Nah, go home. You're fine. Wow. Yeah, that would that would freak you out a little bit. <sighs> freak me out. Made me a mess. Um, so the hypochondriacism, the heart palpitations, and then just, I mean, I, I ended up getting a job, great job in downtown Cleveland as a researcher for this, for this criminal background uh, company. Lost it because of my health problems. Mm-hmm. They, that's a whole situation on its own, but that's how bad my mental health got is that I was not only losing friendships, but I was losing relationships, jobs. It it became so bad that I honestly thought to myself, I will never become anything. Wow. I will always be this just bum of a human being. So where, like, so where were your, where were you in your faith at that point? Like, did it, did your faith sustain you or did it pull you away from your faith? Like, what did it do? I mean, taking every thought captive. Like, I mean, yeah. like, where were you? Like, as I was in a weird, weird place because I knew better as a Christian growing up. That's really good, man. I, think I knew you better. need to talk about that. I knew better. And what we don't realize is we, we want to gravitate towards science, towards, towards medicine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're not building a foundation that's based on your religious and biblical beliefs and you're actively opening up your word like i have this book now called the book of mysteries it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. it's a daily devotional i've been reading it ever since keep going i read it over and over but that's what i was forgetting and i just was so focused on the doctors i complete this is so sad but it's true i forgot about my faith i forgot to pray i forgot to bring this to god and when it hit me it hit me like a ton of bricks i just was like whoa I think I think there's a lot of believers out there that live their faith subconsciously with the dependency of evidence-based Christianity. Yeah. Like we we won't say it out loud. No, we won't. But we're looking for the evidence mm-hmm. of God to prove his mm. his reality yes. rather than this this idea that like no matter what if i die i die yeah but he is all in all he is the only thing for me you know he's the yes. reality of my existence and even if i pull my feet up into my bed and die i will die in faith you know yeah like, but but i believe there is this dangerous place you can get to as a believer where you're looking for the evidence to validate your belief and i yeah. think when you get there it gets scary because then you start listening to to, to the world you start you listening to uh, academia you start listening to the medical professionals and nothing about belief in christ a resurrected 
mm. God, man, Come makes on. any logical sense. No. But that is the only thing that combats the fear and, and the anxiety and the worry yes. of the believer. Yes. And so when a believer enters into the realm of like, I need evidence in order to be at peace, then there's that cycle that starts. That. And it could just kind of ruin you until you come to that place of just surrender and say, God, no matter what, I trust you. That is like on, that is right there on the head because that took me six months to a year to realize I was in such turmoil with my anxiety, with my depression, with everything going on. It took me that long growing up in church. It just didn't make sense, but we're human. Yeah, we want to yeah. gravitate towards what can we touch and feel. I want to get better. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. We think there's this end all, be all pill that we could take it on. All of a sudden, our mental health problems are gone. It's not how it works. It's just, it's just not how it works. It's a day by day, case by case basis. And that's when I, when I real, when I came to terms with, all right, stop listening, or, or you know, stop going to the doctors because my own doctor w- would not see me because he was like, look, dude, you're a young, healthy man. Why are you coming to me? You need to see a professional, but you also need to do this on your, like, you really need to either journal or do something like that. So that's where I gravitated towards the Lord. And I, I, I begged him, you know, as like, as a human, I'm like, oh, Lord, forgive me for, you know, doing all this. But God never left. He was never gone from my such. He was just there waiting for me to activate that faith, yeah. to, to lead myself quote unquote, to the promised land, which was, I never expected God to heal me like that. What I didn't expect also was for God to lead me to where I am today, which is being able to help others in my situation. Like I never thought that. I always thought, let me get better first. Yeah. Let me worry about me, 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 me. That's the culture we live in. Me, me, me. How can I do this for me, for me? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's about others being selfless. There's so much, there's so much I want there's so many areas I want to go and maybe we could just kind of open it up right here and then have another discussion. But I think there's something significant about your generation where the enemy has strategically worked to, uh, to create this, this fear. Yeah. And there's something that he fears about your generation, because if you walk it back another 10, 20 years, yeah. it, it wasn't, there wasn't an epidemic like there is today true. of mental illness. It's there true. was mental illness, mm-hmm. but it wasn't on the scale that it is now. Yeah. And I just feel like there's something spiritual there that we should begin to like say, okay, what is the, what's caused the enemy to come at this generation so ferociously that he would have a, a, tw- a, a late, 20 year old so distraught over and trapped in his mind mm. there's and i believe you know i believe it has to do with joel too and where he said in the last days mm. i agree where he's going to do something very powerful i agree and then when he does that he said i'm gonna pour out my, my spirit on all flesh yep on everyone yep. and and when that happens the narrative of the world will be will be attacked by the the narrative of heaven the narrative of heaven will be my son the daughters will prophesy what will they prophesy they will say what heaven is they will declare the reality of a resurrected king jesus and then and then young men are young men 
are going to see things differently. They're that's not going to see things the way the world sees it. They're going to see it the way heaven sees it. Yep. And then that's going to provoke an older generation to dream again. And dreaming again is like, is like visions plus, you know, yeah. this unrestrained, you know, reality where in your dreams you can do anything. That's good. And I feel like that's the reality of that where the enemy knows, like, you know, if, if a generation that ever understands their authority and power and, and their triumph and victory in Christ, they won't be afraid of the lion's den. They won't be afraid of the mm, fiery furnace. Yeah, they won't. They're like, it will no. not matter. I do not, mm. I'm not surrendering my confession of faith to Jesus. You can do what you want with me, yep. but I am undeterred and I'm at peace. I have the, I have peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. I think it's there. And Amen. I, but I think, that and the courage of the of your generation um, is under attack because the enemy knows that it's he true. knows that we're at the end of the end. We are living in the in the messianic age of the end of time, where you know his days are numbered. So he must create a panic in the minds and in the hearts of 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 a younger generation because it says, yeah. "Your young men and women will prophesy. Mm -hmm. Your young men." will see visions. Yeah. So how does he combat what's inside of the, the, the young? Is he like, I have to torment your mind. I have to create yeah. this, this, I have to create the illusion of, and I'm not saying mental illness is an illusion, no, 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 no. but to the believer, mm -hmm. it is to the mm -hmm. believer. Like, no man, everything's clear. Yep. And I think that's the attack of the enemy for another, that's for true. another podcast. Oh, another time. But I just yeah. wanted to say that. That's good, you, man. Like, that's good. I, I really believe like, you know, God's going to, use you he is no no doubt he is and even more though even more so he's going to lead you to release the prophetic voice of many in your age he's going to release you to un you know to remove the scales from men you know young men young men today to know who they are their identity to to be so strong in the lord and the power of his might to be undeterred by what they see on the outside but god's going to use you to do it and yeah. uh, it just, wow. it, I just had to say it, man. Like, it, it, it's all over you. It's all Thank over you. Thank but, you. But, uh, so, so you have this yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then something happens in 20, in uh, October, right? Mm, October 2020. Yeah. So, well, if I can even go a little bit back, yeah. you know, uh, 2019, I think I'm doing better. Then I have a motorcycle accident. Oh. I get two plates, 13 screws in my left leg, six months of relearning how to walk. That tumbled wow. me back into my anxious mind. So Isolated you again. Yeah, again. Then I came out of it in 2020. Everything's good. I'm at the gym. I'm exercising. I'm meeting with friends. I'm like attempting to date again, mm -hmm. doing all these different things. Great job. And, you know, October 2020, un uh, unexpectedly, I lose my oldest, my only oldest brother, uh, one Carlos Dietrich. Um, he wow. was 33 years old. Oh, um man. He had been going through health issues, um, something that I was attempting to help him with. Um, and he was, you know, doing his thing. Um, we were very close, very close. Um, we talked almost every day. Uh, he died a day after his birthday, oh. like after his birthday. And that to this day, I'm still managing i'm still trying to cope but i'm really good at putting on a mask i'm really good at pretending everything is okay but it's not at my very core i am broken i am grieving 
I want to scream off the top of my lungs. I want to just like, I don't know, just lose myself in whatever I can in order to try to find some substance of normalcy. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to find that again. And it impacted my family in a way where I was the one, like imagine, I had to tell my mother because my sister-in-law called me because mm-hmm. I'm sort of like the ambassador of the family. Everyone comes to me for everything. And like, hey, Manny. I'm like, oh, my That's gosh. It was difficult. Um, and I remember not, I mean, I, I won't go into too much detail, but I will say that I was the one that had to tell my family one by one yeah through phone calls through things it's so bad that i can't call my younger brother he's only a year and a half younger than me him and his wife live in um in fort worth texas i can't call him unexpectedly without texting him first because he gets flashbacks to when i called him randomly yeah i tried facetiming him yesterday and he was like dude you can't do that anymore like you you give me like anxiety i'm like okay i'm sorry dude i'm sorry i'll text you first a lot has changed um just now, before coming here, I went to the cemetery just to kind of mm-hmm. be there a little bit. You know, I talked to him and things like that. But that, up until that point, I thought I could manage my mental health. And then I spiraled completely out of control for 2021. I, did, I, I, I wasn't in a church. I refused to go to church because I thought to myself, you know what, if God could do this to me, then what's the point? Mm. What's the point if I'm still anxious, if it's worse, if I'm still palpitating, if I'm on, you know, a new medication now because of X, Y, and Z, how can a God of the universe Mm. allow something like, I just had so many questions, but it was my brother who passed away. He sent me a voice message the day before mm-hmm. and I have it with me. It's, it's like four and a half minutes long. And I, I, I listened to it to encourage me because his, his last words to me were, I'm proud of you. God has something for you. You know, I want you to stop doing X, Y, and Z because it's not, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not good to do. Um, but, you know, promise me that, 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 that you won't like in a sense, promise me you won't lose your faith no matter what. Yeah. 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 So it's but what brought you back? Good question. That's that's a that's that is something I've been reflecting on ever since. And what brought me back was this realization of you touched on it a little bit ago, having evidence, like you know, like needing that substance, going through all my anxiety, all my mental health problems. I, I, I saw this YouTube thing where somebody was trying to explain the existence of God. The, yeah. They were trying to uh, articulate sure. it in like, you know, like in a way that could be evidential. But what grasped me was he used biblical context, which is like, you know, we view God within our realm of reality. And the problem with that is we can't do that mm-hmm. because we can only conceptualize this fourth, third and fourth dimension that we're in. Um, when you think about a fifth or sixth dimension, your mind can't go there. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at the word of God, in the beginning, God created. So in the beginning, we have time, 
we have space, we have matter. For a God to be a God, he has to exist out of those elements. And in the word of God, we see that time and time again throughout scripture, him being able to come in and out of time, in and out of reality, in and out of uh, perception in order to show us who he really is. When he became human, he had many chances to, you know, showcase his power, but he chose to become like us, like you, like me, in order to show if he could do it as a man, what's our excuse? And that's what gravitated me towards back towards this idea of a God of the who spoke an ocean of stars into existence, a God who created you and me from nothing. That's where my brother is. That's who he's with. That's where he is. He's in paradise. I'm going to see him again. But in order for all that to happen, in order for me to get better for my mental health, I have to create a foundation that is surrounding myself with God. But it's not just prayer. It's not just uh, like reading the Bible. It's becoming part of a community, a church. Yeah. And that's why I visited three or four churches before coming to Avon Lake Campus, uh, North Coast Church. And that's when I realized like the people here are genuine, organic individuals who have gone through hell and back in order to be where they are today including yourself, Pastor Troy. You know, the reason why I gravitated towards you is because you're a man who says it like it is. You know exactly what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. But most of all, you actually genuinely have a heart for people. And I say that not because we're doing a podcast together, but because I've been in leadership roles with other pastors where their entire identity is built around this fake idea of helping others when there's no structure for leadership. There's no structure for any of that. So to pull back from that, becoming part of this community of North Coast Church has really assisted me with dealing with my mental health on a day by day, one step at a time, instead of believing this notion of I could get it done with a pill or something. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get better. You know what I mean? It will. And it, was there were there moments where you know you, you felt God just encouraging you? I did. I did. Um, yeah, that's my wife. She's calling me. I'm gonna text her while you're talking. Oh, you Go good, ahead. you good, you good, you good. <laughs> <laughs> Got to take care of that first, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, did, so were there were moments, there uh-huh. moments where you could, you know, there were defining moments where, like, you know, God has pulled me out of that. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there were moments where I um, was asking God, and this is not okay to do, but as humans, we do this thing where we say, Lord, you know, show me, show me through. I had told God, I said, Lord, um, I've been getting like one of my gifts, I guess would call them, you know, like the spiritual gifts is the ability to like dream. But then like those dreams are sort of, they're kind of prophetic. And I've had that since I was a kid. Yeah. And there's a whole story behind that for another time. Yeah. But I wasn't dreaming with my brother. I, I wasn't seeing him in my dreams. Like, I couldn't feel him around me. Like, I was just trying to. So I, 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 I had asked God for that. And without a skip of a beat, the very next night, I dreamt with him where it was so real. I felt like I was hugging him. I felt like I was mm. there with him. And when I tried to get, like, to where he was, there was this, like, veil. A veil that wasn't scary, but... Um, I couldn't get to him. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't get to him. And uh, it was through dreams, but also through scripture. 
I was reading things that were making more sense. But a lot of the uh, sermons that were preached here also sort of um, elevated me to this idea of like, man, you know, it's okay to have what people got to understand. And this is where I'm going with this people. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to mess up. It's okay. You know, uh, it's to not feel hundred percent every now and then yeah. it's okay to take a day for you need time for yourself. That's how you get better with your mental health. If you're always on the go, if you're continuously worrying about other people without worrying about yourself first, I'm not saying always, I'm saying it's okay to do that once in a while, mm-hmm. but then, the key thing is bouncing back. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back in your coming faith. back. That's all. So you, you keep using two words synonymously and I just want to just want to say it for our listeners, but you keep using uh, anxiety and mental illness. Yeah. And so you, so I, I just want you to make a correlation between the sure. two. Let's do it. Sure. So there's a correlation. So all the way back from the 1940s and fifties, um, this was, well, this was predominantly after world war two, uh, the psychiatrists back then were, were, they didn't really saw, like see anxiety as a mental health problem. Then we fast forward to the 60s and 70s where it became prominent. Um, in our age today, this is how things have gotten out of control. High schoolers have the same mental health level of anxiety um, that psych ward patients had in the 50s. Wow. That's how much stress they're under because of everything going on post-pandemic. So, they are correlated because now anxiety is a form of, of, of a mental health problem. You can have, in, everyone has a little bit of anxiety where it's like, Ooh, I'm nervous about my interview. I don't know if I could do good on this report. Am I going to get this job? Um, you know, am I going to ask so-and-so on a date? Am I going to be able to get my degree? All these different things. That's okay. That's okay. But when it exceeds that level and you start to be anxious every single day, and it's not only every single day, but it's every day for hours. Yeah. Um, if you can't get out the house, if you have trouble being in social environments, if you have trouble going to bed at night because your mind's racing over and over and over again, then that's when it becomes an issue. When it's when it's interacting and interfering with your day to day life. You have those days all all the time still. So yeah. what do you do? What do you do to combat those days? Like, give me. So I always say this. Um, I heard somebody say it. I loved it. It said, yeah. uh, um, "Literal application is yes. better love than that. no application." I love that. Right? Yeah. So, so like, so, so for people listening who mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety and and struggle with what is being defined as mental illness yeah. today, mm-hmm. um, I, I I hate those terms. By mm-hmm. the way. I hate the terms. I was going to ask you about that. Like, yeah, you're saying bothered I, by, yeah. dude, I yeah. hate them. Yeah. I hate them because um, I think we, I think we articulate and give names to and define people uh, by by what the enemy is using to destroy them. Yes, you know what I mean. Yep. So, so it's like we start calling people that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. then once yeah, somebody yeah. calls you that, then all of a sudden that's who I am. That's you. And, that's and you so I just can't yeah. stand that. I'd love to, I'd love to say, no, man, uh, your name's, your name's Manny. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know I mean? No, it's true. And, and, and rather than, so, and, and, and what I did notice, you know, what I do notice today is, you know, obviously it, it's the buzzword and mm-hmm. it's being, it's being exploited for such gross Oh, sick oh, stuff, don't even you know, get me started. Such gross, such uh, a cop out now. Yeah, so so everyone's just exploiting it for for the wrong 
well, for, it was just, just terrible the, yeah. way, the way it's being exploited. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, it, it just, for me, like, man, we, we got to do a better job of teaching people how to renew their mind, how mm-hmm. to live in peace, how to live in a place of faith and victory, yes. even when circumstances don't, you know, yeah. dictate that or, or, you know, tell that story. We got to tell the right story, yep. not the wrong story. Like, I know that, I know this is a part of your story, but let me tell you something, Manny, it's not the story that God has. The, the ultimate story is like everything that the enemy meant to destroy you with, God's going to take that and he's going to use that as fertilizer for your future, man. He's just going to, he's going to build you and, and make you stronger and make you a, 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 a dangerous weapon in the hand of, of the Lord. Um, as I you go that. through these experiences, you become so, you know, refined, so, so genuine in your approach to people that suddenly, man, what the enemy was trying to do to destroy a generation, you become the Gideon of your generation and say, listen, I'm going to lead us to victory out of this thing. And, uh, you know, you're not God forsaken. You're not, you don't, you don't have mental illness. You have mm. the mind of Christ. Amen. You know what I mean? Yes. You, you're, you have the perfect uh, peace uh, of the Lord is yours. You have the, the, the heart and the intention of your father. So like I just, you know, so that's why I hate that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes so. sense. And I'll touch on that when give you practical application, man. Pra- as so practical we close here. One, two, three. What would what would you tell people that they are struggling with, um, with mental illness, anxiety? Um, what, what would you tell them? Sure. Anyone struggling with mental health problems, whether it's depression or just anything of that sort of matter, you have, firstly you have to just keep in mind it's 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 not my anxiety, my depression. No, it doesn't belong to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I I do believe with what you're saying, it's not yours. So you have to first think about that. Like it's not mine. Stop saying, well, my anxious, no, 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 no. It's not you because that's not who you are. So I want to touch on that. That's not who you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, It's not who you're going to be. And the first way to do that, aside from, of course, you know, um, uh, like praying and reading the word of God and being part of community and church and things like that. Yeah. Those are prerequisites. Yeah, prereqs. So the thing that I do is, and that really helps, and it's actually science and fact-based, is working out. Now, I know, I know, I know. When you hear workout, you hear going to the gym. You hear, you know, you see all these fitness videos and things like that. No, start off small, a 10-minute walk. Go outside, go for a 10-minute walk, a five-minute walk. Yeah. 30 minutes is all you need to feel better. There, there, there are no excuses with, with, with YouTube. And, uh, and social media, you can find a plethora of at-home workouts. If you don't want to go out, that's fine. I get it. Like, I'm not saying go drop money on a gym membership, mm-hmm. but get active because that'll get your mind active and it'll boost your levels of serotonin and melatonin and dopamine and allow you to feel, you genuinely feel better. Yeah, for Like, sure. you feel better. No the second thing, write out your thoughts. Don't let it fester in your mind. What I do is I journal. Another thing I do is... Um, on my phone with, you know, having the iPhone, I uh, do voice memos. I do like, hey, I have voice memos from 2014 that I'm just like, hey, future Manny, what's up? Today is blah, 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 blah. Here's an interesting thought. And you just reflect. So it's reflecting, journaling, whether it's writing your thoughts out or even doing voice memos, starting a vlog, a blog, whatever it is to get your mind right, meaning getting those bad thoughts out onto a piece of paper, onto that voice note. The third thing and, um, is very important because this is something that I, I am an introvert by nature. A lot of people get shocked by this. I'm an INFJ introvert. That's from the Myers-Briggs. That's a whole different thing. I like, I get my energy from being alone. Like 
if you give me that little bit of time by myself, but what happens is with, with having anxiety and things like that, I tend to overdo it. And then I just isolate myself and become a recluse. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh-huh. That's the first mistake. So the third application, get yourself out there and part of a community fellowship, join a Facebook group, uh, a, 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 like a group at school, a group at church, or even Talk to your coworkers, talk to your family members, whatever it is, talk to someone. And it doesn't have to be professional. If you want to go talk to pref- to a professional, that's great. But become part of a community. Because when you start realizing, wait a minute, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one suffering through this. The devil gets upset because he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. My intention is to isolate you. Sure, yeah. Right, right, right. Because he wants to get you away from the herd, from the sheep. He wants to get you away from that. Yeah. Become part of a community. So good. So good, man. Thank you for taking the time to be with me today. We'll have to get back together again. Yes, sir. There's a whole lot more to talk about, but uh, thanks. Uh, and just keep keep doing it, man. Keep leading your generation out of this funky fog. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Troy. Do it. So glad you were able to join us today. We got to go. Pray you were encouraged, empowered, and strengthened. Until next time. Wake up and hustle like heaven to make sure somebody out there feels the effects of your influence. Bring heaven to your home, your city, your nation. Don't wait till it's too late. Get to a place that manufactures hope this Sunday. Go to church. I'm Pastor Troy. I'm Manny. Thank you for being with us. God bless you.